Well, it's um, great to be here again this morning and being able to open up the Word. We felt as a team it was just great to spend some time doing what we did this morning, being over, kind of staking out our claim on that territory spiritually and uh, beginning the work in prayer. Um, and yeah, we'll go for a slightly shorter word this morning, but um, hopefully something that speaks into it. And I wanted to link in a little bit this morning to our building um, and going over the road. And, and to do that, I wanted to turn to quite a familiar passage to a lot of us uh, and, and a short portion of it. But um, I'm hoping it's got some um, real words speaking to us as a congregation and hopefully your individual lives this morning. I want to speak from Philippians 3. Um, so like I said, quite a familiar passage. And I want to speak from uh, verse 12 onwards uh, and for a short portion. But I'll read out from 12 to the end. Uh, and I want to bring in the context of the whole chapter because it kind of leads on from the beginning. Uh, but I'll just read that out for you. So if you want to turn there, you can. It's Philippians 3, um, verse 12. I'll, I'll read from NIV. Um, <clears throat> and it just says this. And Paul's talking about uh, a life lived for God uh, and why he's following God. And he goes, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that God will make it clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And I just want to speak this morning basically on verses 12 to 14, but I just thought it was right to read out a bit more of that passage. And I just want to open in prayer as well. Yeah, Lord, I pray that this morning you would speak, us, uh, speak to us of what you're calling us into, what we're pressing into, what it is that we're moving forward to as individuals and as a church body, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to talk this morning a little bit around breakthroughs. And what it takes for a breakthrough both in your life, in your spiritual life, in what you're doing. And, and I believe for us as a church. And I kind of feel that with us being at the, the, um, over at the, the, the land over there, we, we need a breakthrough to get into that land. We need a breakthrough if we're going to build that building. We need uh, to be a people of breakthrough. And I want to start in um, verse 12 where it talks uh, and it says that, not that I've already obtained all of this, and I'll talk a bit about that, or arrived at my goal. But he says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
And I love that bit where it finishes in that sentence, for which he took hold of me. And I get a real sense of the strength of what it's talking about in that passage. It's such a strong word. I kind of get this image that, that Paul is saying, I've been taken hold of. I've been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. I, he's saying, I want to take hold of what God's got for me. But Jesus Christ has grabbed hold of me. And I get almost like this image of, you know, when someone grabs someone by the shoulders and makes them look at them right in the face. It's that strength of, I was grabbed hold of. I was grabbed hold of. Another phrase that kind of gives me a picture of what I think Paul's talking about in that passage is, is the phrase arrested. Not in the criminal sense, so you can relax, but in the, in the sense, you know, where something arrests your attention. So you're just going about your normal business and, and you're just doing it and then something stops you in your tracks. Uh, and again, maybe the image might be if you're married, it might be the first time you ever saw your beautiful husband or wife. And if you can't think of that, well, just imagine the first time you saw me and how arrested you were by how striking I am. Some people say Brad Pitt and I say that's fine, whatever. But something that stops you in your tracks grabbed you. And I believe that that is what an encounter with Jesus Christ is like. The first time you're grabbed by Jesus Christ. And don't forget, this is Paul's actual story. He's referring, in some senses, to how he was grabbed and he was going in one direction in life. And on the road to Damascus, if you don't know it, you can find the story in the word. On the road to Damascus, God literally, Jesus, appeared to him and grasped him. He took hold of Paul's life and from one direction, it being a road, he got him onto a completely different track. He grabbed hold of him. And each person here this morning that is a follower of Christ Jesus, we have been grasped and grabbed hold of by the living God. Some of us we were grabbed hold of in our youth as students or as children. Others we were grasped in the middle of an alcoholic or drug-induced stupor. And God grasped hold of our lives and grabbed hold of us. Others on the run or refugees in the midst, others of us in the midst of a search for truth, God grasped hold of us. He grabbed us out of our existing lives. He stopped us dead in our tracks and he grabbed us and put us onto a new timeline, a new road, a new path. And that's what the phrase means. He was taken hold of by Jesus Christ. But it's not just that Jesus Christ takes hold of our lives. There's a reason he does it. And he says that in that verse 12, doesn't he? But I take, press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. There was a reason Jesus Christ has grabbed hold of our lives. There's a reason that he's taken us. And I really believe that this morning I want to talk about the why that we're here. The why that God has grabbed hold of our lives. You see, I, I don't think you can do life really without the why. I think it's really important that we remember the why. And I think the problem with so many of our lives is we get bogged down in the what we're doing and we forget the why. So in my role, in my work, I do quite a lot of um, business stuff and thinking around business and listening to teachings on business. And uh, it's quite a famous one around why the company Apple is really successful. Uh, and they say that the reason that Apple is really successful as a company is that they start with the why before they go into the what they do. It also might explain why I've got an iPhone and an 
iPad on stage this morning. Maybe that's why. Um, but they start with the why. So most companies, when you look at them, you'll go, well, what do you do? And they'll go, well, we sell computers. That's what we do. We sell computers. Apple supposedly doesn't do that. What they do is they start with the why. So everyone else will go, we make great computers. Do you want to buy one? What Apple does is they say, with everything we do, we aim to challenge the status quo. We think differently. Our products are friendly. They're beautifully designed and easy to use. We just happen to make computers. Do you want to buy one? And that's what they do. They start their motivation, their drive is to be innovative, different design. It's all about the cool and the trendy. And whatever they do, therefore, flows from that. It's probably why people buy all of their products. You see, when we start with the why, we do something. It's when we just do the what that we lose motivation. And in this passage, the kind of analogy is the race, because he's talking about I'm pressing forward to seize hold of the prize at, at the end of this thing. He's, he's talking about that. Um, and I do a bit of running. So I went for a run yesterday morning with um, James, who's on stage, and Matt Rodway, who does, is doing the sound at the back. And uh, we often have to stop for Matt because he's not as fit as me uh, and James, but that's fine. Um, but I've noticed this, I said I was going to do that to him, and he can't defend himself, because he could turn my microphone off. That would be the, don't do that. So, yeah, anyway. Um, but one thing I've noticed from my years of running, I've been running for about a, a few years, it's been a bit of a hobby, is I've noticed that I need a why to do some running. If I don't have a why, I absolutely lose motivation to do any form of running. Um, sometimes it's just the joy of being able to run a bit further, that thing of where you can see yourself getting better. Uh, but even that runs out eventually where you're like, well, I can't just keep running for, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, there is a limit to that. Sometimes it's the fact that um, I like to train for a race. So this year, a few of us are doing a Tough Mudder. So I've got a goal in mind. I've got a why. I need to be fit enough to do a 12-mile Tough Mudder and get electrocuted apparently so whatever that is um you know sometimes it's just because you like the, the the joy of being outside or sometimes it's to get fitter and to lose some weight so my current goal is to try and lose some of this weight so there's always a why that I, I do the the running but I tell you what when I lose the why and I look outside on a morning and it's a bit cold and it's raining and I just think why am I doing it and I tell you what, I don't. I do a TV marathon instead. I'm really fit for those. I can do a good TV marathon any day of the week. But I know these are just analogies. But I really believe that that's what Paul is talking about here this morning. Is that we need a why that we're running this race. Why has Jesus Christ grabbed hold of us? He's not just grabbed hold of us so we can be Christians. He's grabbed hold of us for a reason. A glorious why. Why is he taking hold of you into this adventure with Christ Jesus? Why, I want to ask you, why are you here this morning? Why do we sing? Is it just to sing? Or is there a glorious why that actually we're worshipping Jesus Christ? Why do we listen to the word? Is it just to get through it and get back for Sunday lunch? Sometimes yes. I'm not supposed to admit that when I'm one of the preachers. Um, but why? We don't listen to the word to get through it. We listen to the word because we want to grow in holiness and closeness to Jesus Christ.
Why do we do those things? It's the, until we remember the why, they just become what's, and we lose motivation, and we go, well, why am I going to church? Why am I doing this? What, why? And in this passage, I think the primary aim of our why is our pursuit of holiness, and our desire to be more like Jesus Christ. It's to be more righteous. If you read the beginning of uh, chapter one, he's talking about of chapter three. It's, it's the fact that we've been grabbed out of living an unholy life just like everyone else around us and called into this glorious adventure of living differently. It's that biggest why. We're grabbed hold of to be more like Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we forget that why and we just get involved in the trudgery of just, I go to church because it's a Sunday and I do this stuff. But God is calling you this morning to remember why he grabbed hold of you into this glorious adventure of following Jesus Christ. But I also believe that God takes hold of us for that and for our growth into holiness and be more like Jesus. But he also takes hold of us. I believe each one of us has a calling on our life that we each have unique gifts. We each have unique ministries and callings. A kingdom work that he might specifically have for you. A calling in your life to be something and, and to be someone. That he grabs us with passions and dreams. And again, I think there's a danger on our Christian walk that we stumble and we lose motivation when we forget the why that God has called us and the, the, the thing that he's uniquely called us into. And we just get lost in the drudgery and the day-to-day -day of life. And my encouragement for you this morning is that God wants to remind you of your why. The why that he's grabbed you into this life to be more like him. But also that there may be some dreams and callings on your life that you've kind of let fall and he's saying I want you to remember why I called you specifically your unique things and that he's got a, a kingdom ministry for you and a calling on your life but I also believe that God wants to speak to us as a church and as a corporate body this morning that he calls us into these two things as a church that again why are we here this morning and I believe it's those two same reasons I believe why are we I'm not just here because it's Sunday morning and it's 10 30 till 12 and that's what I do I'm here and we're here as a body because God is calling us into a deeper relationship with him corporately he wants us to grow together in him to know him better to, to do more kingdom works in him but also I believe he's got a unique calling and gifting and ministry that he calls Sunbridge to do in this particular community and in this place he's grabbed us together to be a light in the centre of a dark Bradford to be a, a, a church that is modern and relevant full of sound biblical doctrine to be a safe warm place that's inviting for families and children and a great place to grow and become like him and a great place that is known for reaching out to the lost and the broken in its midst you see if we just think that Sunbridge is a church it's just a what if it's just a thing we do it's just a what and we're going to lose that motivation on why we're doing what we're doing see we're not building a church over the road it's what we sung about this morning. We're building his kingdom. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hands. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire. We're not building a building. We're building his kingdom. And it's only when we remember, we remember that's what we're doing. That's the why of what we're doing. 
that will push on. That's why he's grabbed us together as a church, to do those things, to build kingdom. And that is only then that we remember why we're doing it. And yet there's a sense in this passage that Paul is writing about that some things are not yet attained. He starts off with these words, not that I have yet attained these things. And so often with the things that God grabs us for both personally and as a church, we're not yet there. We're on a journey. We've not yet attained holiness. Do you live with that sense in your life that, that we're not quite where God needs us to be? that God has called us to be. You know, I think we can be held back in our pursuit of holiness and right living because sometimes we just think we're there. And God wants to challenge us this morning that he's got a deeper calling for you. He's calling you deeper into a relationship with you, that he's calling you deeper into holiness and righteousness and his walk uh, with you, that we're not there, that we've not yet fully attained I believe as well that there may be some things where you've not yet attained in your life, that there may be that calling on your life and you think, I believe God's calling me into something, but I'm just not there yet. That you're, you're, you're doing some work, you're doing a job, you're doing something, that we live with that sense of we've not yet attained. And I tell you as well, as a church, we've not yet attained that building we're not yet there. But I want to say, if you're living in the land of the not yet attained, it's okay. That God calls us into that place where we're relying on him, where we're living in him. That part of his, our journey with God is living in the not yet attained. That it's part of his calling on our life. You see that we could see the fact that we might not have got some things. You might look at your own life and go, you know, I've not yet achieved. I'm not, I don't seem to be who God wants me to be. And you might think, well, I should just give up. You might look at some things in your personal life and think, God, I think you're calling me into this. But you might not be there. And you might live with that sense of, should I just give up? And we might look as a church and think, man, he's calling us into that. We've not attained that. It's so hard, should we just give up? But I want to tell you that it's the journey that counts as much as the destination. And the famous phrase, nothing worth having, was ever attained easily. Because I believe it's in the attaining that we get to see God at work. It's in the attaining that our faith is grown. It's in the attaining that we're drawn to God and we grow closer to him and I believe that that is the land that we're living in that we're living in the land of the not yet attained but that is an okay place to be we've not yet attained but it's the land where God works so what's our part in that in the in the living in the land not yet attained well he goes on to tell us that our job is to strain and to press on into what he does have for us whether it's church or personal are we just plodding on moving on and saying if it happens it happens or do you live with a personal sense in your own personal life and do we live as a body that we're straining on and pressing on into all that God has got for us because you see, pressing on and straining on speaks of the fact that it is not an easy path. The land of the not yet attained is not an easy place to be and to push through. It requires us to push through. 
How are you when things don't seem easy? How are you when God seems far away? When there might seem to be no hope? When there seems to be no way over an obstacle or a difficulty? I believe that the breakthrough is the part of a great Christian tradition that we're all to experience. But I truly believe that lots of people don't see breakthrough because they don't do this stuff. I believe a lot of people never see a breakthrough in their lives or breakthroughs as church because they see the difficulties, they see the not yet attained and go, well, that must mean we should give up. I believe there's something about a kingdom church, a growing church, a, a growing human life that sees those same things differently, that they see the not yet attained and see the, but I see how it could be. They see the difficulties and they strain and they press on. I get this image again of running that, you know, when the wind comes against you when you're running, you know what you're meant to do? Is you're meant to dig deep and kind of drive into the wind. That's what you're meant to do. You're meant to strain and to push through. That is how you run. And to this we can also add, here's another thing we're meant to do is we're meant to be a people who forget. It says also in this passage, forgetting that which is behind. You see, we're building up a picture of what stops people breaking through into greater holiness, of what stops people breaking through into God's calling on their life, into what stops churches breaking through into kingdom ministry. It's those things, it's the fact that people forget why they're doing what they're doing. Why has Jesus grabbed hold of us and you? We're living in the not yet attained, so some people give up. Sometimes it's difficult, so people give up. And sometimes people give up because they can't get past their own mistakes, their own failures, things that have not happened, past disappointments, past hurts. And it stops them ever breaking through into that promised land. But I want to say to you this morning, if, you're, if you think you're alone in that, can I just welcome you to my world? Because that's where I live. I live in the world of the mistakes, the constant failures, and I'd even say the disappointments that, you know, God just doesn't seem to do all the times, the things I wish he'd do at the time that I wish he'd do it in the way that I wish he'd do it. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with being a little bit disappointed in God. It doesn't overwhelm my, the trust I have in him and that God is good, but I live sometimes in that land. But I also want to speak to you this morning that, welcome to my world, but I tell you this as well. Sometimes God wants to pick us back up and set us back off running again. And I want to speak to you, there may be someone here this morning that in your own personal calling, in your own life, that you've just stopped running. You stopped growing into holiness or into your calling or as a church because maybe mistakes and hurt and things have happened. And God wants to speak to you this morning and say, I'm not finished with you. Pick yourself up. Let's get gently running again. And let's keep going and push forward to where we're meant to be. And he finishes, doesn't he? And he says this. I'll go back to the, the verse. He says these words. Not that I've already obtained all of this or already arrived at my goal 
but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, the why, the reason that I started out. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I strain towards what is ahead, and I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. People, I don't just believe in the fact that we live sometimes in the land of the not yet attained. I think that is somewhere we all live. We all go through those periods where we've not yet attained. We've not yet broken through. We've not yet gone into that place of greater holiness or seen God do what he's meant to do. But I also believe in the prize. I also believe in the attained. That God does bring. He does give. He does overcome that the victory is God's. And I'm a person that believes we will attain some things here on earth. I'm a believer that we will attain a building. I'm a believer not just that we're living right now in the not yet attained, but I'm a believer that in the straining and the pressing and the forgetting which is behind, I'm a believer in the attained, that we will see our God do what he says he will do. And I'm a believer in my own life that the things that I believe he's uniquely called me into, that although there may be times when I live in the not yet attained, I also will live and have lived and have seen God actually do. I've seen that prize. And I also believe in that heavenwards and that ultimate prize, that God is calling me to that ultimate attainment, that there will be a day where there is no more land of the not yet and the pushing and the straining, but we'll live in glorious abundance with our God in heaven. Guys, I don't know if this is a formula. I always struggle if, we, if anyone ever tells you they've got a spiritual formula. But I do believe there's something in this. That a life that is captured by God and remembers why God has called them will never slip into the drudgery of the day to day and it may be that this morning you need God to remind you why he pulled you out of that former life and why he's called you into the life he's called you into I believe that for us as a church as well that we never want to slip into just the what we do but be a people that remember why we do what we do why we've been grabbed by Christ Jesus. You may be living this morning in the not yet attained but don't give up. Strain on and press on into God into all that he has got for you. Forget that which is behind. Pick yourself back up and start running again towards him. And I believe that there is a place of attainment. I believe there is a prize that God will bring victory and overcoming into your life, into our life. I believe he will see us through into our own promised land. And I look forward to that day when we're all with him, ultimately heavenward, made complete in him, fully attaining all that he's got for us. And it says in that, the, the, the next little break, all of us should consider this. I believe this is for all of us, that his word is for all of us, that you should consider this. But let me finish with that prayer. Lord God, build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand, Lord, in our lives and in our church. Heal our streets and land and set our church on fire, we pray.
in Jesus' name. Amen.